This is CliffCentral.com. 360biz on CliffCentral.com. It is 360biz.com. My name is Debo Mafori. Welcome to another exciting installment of 360biz. You know, it is a beautiful Wednesday evening. This is a show that brings you all things business. I know that definitely uh, for the past couple of weeks, we've been really having discussion around thought-provoking um, discussions, you know, of entrepreneurship um, as a whole and of B transformation and a whole lot of other things. Um, definitely, I'm excited about today's show. Uh, today, I'm bringing a different breed um, of people compared to the people that we had on the show. But before I actually get to that, I'm not alone in studio. I'm with my boy, Bulelani Bala. Bal. Nah, man, good day to the listeners out there. Um, I'm very happy to be here. I found today to be a very interesting day utilizing, um, I do not, I don't want to mention the brand because they're not paying us. You're utilizing, what is it? Um, taxi services. It was very interesting being driven from one place to, you to another. You got in a taxi, dude? But here's, it beckons, it beckons a question mm-hmm. that, that, that I want to pose for you. Is there really a big need for us to move around with individualized transportation though? Okay, for me, for me, I mean, um, you, I use, I use them all. I use, I use cars. I mean, I use a car train, um, and I use taxis. And I even use, go to as far as using taxis from the app, you know, all two of them. So, I mean, the one that you use today, it's quite an interesting one. Um, I've never really used it. But now what I've realized, I mean, dude, some of these things we, we think, okay, they're convenient, uh, but they're not necessarily cheap. You know, I've realized that for me, it's cheaper to put in uh, petrol. Um, cause I mean, from here to my office, um, I mean, in Branson, I'll be paying about what? Um, 140, 180. Uh, if ever there's traffic, you know, but where else? Uh, with my car coming here, you know, that 180 petrol, dude. Um, depending obviously on what I'm driving on that particular day, but I've seen it, it gives me by far leeway, um, than these, um, taxify Ubers or whatsoever. Yeah. Um, that, that we use. So I, I don't know. Now I think, I think for me, I just found today very convenient because I, for, for, for the first time, I think in a while, I was able to do actual work while in transit. To a meeting, so I mean, I think I could, I definitely consider things like having a chauffeur driver. No, 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 being chauffeur driven. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, definitely no. It, it, I mean, what, what, what taxi service did you use today? Um, I use a uh, proudly South African, um, the first black, uh, and th- there I go with the first black and youth owned. First black, youth owned, Africa ride. But I mean, the service was very nice. I mean, so they took me from my place from the office to Midran, from Midran mm-hmm. to. Um, to work today and the service was quite well. The guys, the, the drivers were very friendly mm. and I thought that was very, very cool. Oh, so when now you want uh, friendly drivers, you don't want the service. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I think, I think it's a bit of both and I think that will cover, <laughs> will uncover topics or rather conversation around service <laughs> in today's topic. You threw me off with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, speaking, I mean, of, of youth owned business, I mean, today we're tackling the state of youth. Um, entrepreneurship. I mean, Bulelani, the states, uh, the states, uh, show that there's about 50% of youth unemployment, um, in our country. And I mean, in a slow growing economy, we feel like a solution. I mean, that is, um, it's to a win-win business of uh, unemployment with these youth. So right now, the question is now with so much 54%, um, I mean, it's something that is growing. I mean, on a day to day. Um, based with more people getting retrenched with companies uh, closing down and everything. So it's something that now I'm, it's a concern of me to say who is going to employ um, these young people and where are these young people going to work. But at the end of the day, uh, it's something that obviously we need to try to come up with. As a country, I mean, we've had research that has shown that the, um, you know, the solution of unemployment lies with SMEs or with small businesses. But reality is, if ever we're going to have 54%, uh, the number is quite big um, indeed. That is only from a youth perspective. Sure. But you could realize that there's people that are over 35 of age that are already falling into the adult um, side of things as well um, that are part of, you know, um, the unemployment um, ratio. Obviously, the numbers uh, on its uh, on its own 
obviously it's something that is uh, upholding. But right now I'm excited that today in studio we've got some of the guests, uh, some of the youth or young people um, that have decided for themselves to say they're not going to wait um, for them to be falling under the statistics um, of unemployment. But however, I mean, they'll be part uh, of a solution. They'll be part of people that are creating businesses um, themselves. They'll create employment for the, for others, I know that um, I really hope for their sake that they have at least employed one person. Because um, if ever they haven't, I'm gonna be taking them and exposing them um, on air. Maybe let me take this opportunity to bring in and um, welcome uh, my guest um, today. Uh, we've got a thong um, or a rose among the thorns. Because um, <laughs> she's the only lady um, that is actually here. But I don't even ask, what is she doing here? Um, <laughs> the next thing she comes rocking a wrong a red number to you. Know? Ah, of course. Yeah, no, definitely. I had the privilege of meeting this lady when I was in America, by the way. Bulelani. Um, um, she was as well in the States, uh, but we're in two different states. Hey, I don't want to tell you what happened, dude. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> but I was telling you that, no, um, you know, when people are, are in the States, um, she changed accents, she changed who she was, you know, and, and yeah, but maybe she'll tell us a bit about why was she there, um, in the state. Let me take this opportunity to welcome, um, you know, a young mover, um, and shaker, um, in studio. And I've got a brother as well. That we've done amazing work um, with him, who I know definitely is an inspiration to many other young people out there. Maybe let me take this opportunity for these guests to speak for themselves. Uh, let me not uh, want to actually uh, bring them um, or take away their spotlight. Uh, we've got a young gentleman as well who's in the business of electricity, um, you know, who's going to be telling us as well about some of the work that he's doing. Uh, so it's young people speaking for themselves today. We don't, we cannot, you know how people, they say you, you're preaching to the civilized. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. Remember in the previous weeks, we've been talking about how people are dictating on our behalf mm. as to how mm. we should be. Mm. So right now, I don't want to be bringing an adult to come speak on behalf of young people. I'm bringing young people to speak on their own behalf. Yeah. 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 So let me take this opportunity to welcome you, my brother. Let me start. Are we starting with the lady? Are we starting with you? Ladies first. <laughs> 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 we'll have a person go first. That person will be Bongi, whether she was a male or female, it wouldn't matter. Uh, but my name is Bongi Khatebe. Um, thank you for having me. No, definitely. Uh, thank you for joining us, Bongi. And uh, my brother? Uh, my name is Kalombo Nani, all the way from Itzakani, Lokshini. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, definitely. No, you had to, you had to clarify that Itzakani Longish. Don't worry, we won't mistake it for a Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> my brother? Uh, Dumilanko Fela, I'm Moketis Khonyani. I'm also from Tsakani. I'm into the business for uh, electrical installations. Oh, Muket, uh, we're not, we're not to a haro, man. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, let me start with you. Uh, Bongenge is an entrepreneur, a personal business blogger. A youth leader, she's the founder of Taste of Legends, a tea lifestyle and wellness brand dedicated to looking after the health and wellness of busy and driven individuals. I know that definitely, um, Bong, she's as well, um, part of the Mandela Washington Fellow. Um, I've had an opportunity as well of, um, seeing a video where she was being interviewed by Nigeria's biggest business, uh, platform. But, um, Bongi, um, thank you for joining us today. Maybe tell us, um, I've, I've introduced like a brief about what you do, mm-hmm. uh, but this is more on a profile perspective. What do you do? <laughs> I slay. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but I am currently in entrepreneurship, okay. both as an entrepreneur as well as within entrepreneurship development. Mm-hmm. So I have my own organization called Taste of Legends, where we currently have our own tea product um, that's out in the market already, um, as well as working as a community manager for a space called Open Coworking. Which is up the road from here actually in Santon. Um, and that is a very collaborative co-working space for entrepreneurs as well as businesses. So I get to look after their time there. Oh, so you just love entrepreneurship. <laughs> mm. I had to. I okay. had to. But when you white tea though. White tea, mm. sure. I so don't know. Mkito, when was time you had tea, bro? 
<laughs> I had uh, Roy post this morning. Okay, my brother, when was the time you had tea? About three weeks ago. Exactly. So. You know when was the time started you had the tea? tea brand you were drinking? Hmm? I have no idea, but yeah, I know. you see. There's a fire brand <laughs> right there. There's a fire brand question right there. <laughs> yeah. When was the time you had tea? I think I think I think um, in support of my amazing sister. I think a week ago, oh. <laughs> or in support, in support, yeah, in solidarity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Tsekwa, when I saw you had tea yesterday, so I'm not gonna ask you. <laughs> uh, I haven't had tea in a while, so okay. uh, yeah. So, so we need to get you drinking tea. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm still waiting for you to give me my tea. Yes. And uh, you promised me shopping that we need to go buy accessories so that I'm able it's an to experience. Right. Oh, okay. Um and, and that's what got me into tea because it it really is one of those beverages where you really get time to either relax by yourself, mm-hmm. um, unlike any other beverage, it really allows you to calm down. Um, and if not having it by yourself, you're sharing it with other people. And by sharing it, I think growing up, we all grew up with either a grandmother or a mother. Mm-hmm. And whenever a neighbor would come through and discuss it, dear, you know that it's serious conversations that are about to go down. And for me, that's where I took um, my inspiration just from observing um, my mom and my grandmother's relationship with tea, um, how meaningful conversations would always happen. And I wanted to create the same kind of enabling environment mm-hmm. for meaningful conversations to happen amongst young women. But I did want those conversations to be geared more towards economic empowerment of their okay. journeys. Um, and the best way to bring diverse women who aren't just diverse in the industries that they're part of, but as well as their social classes, because everyone has had experience with tea, whether you are rich or you currently not, um, at the economic status that you desire to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm here. Well, okay. So now, um, young people, um, Bongi, they want to get into businesses of finance. I mean, you studied, uh, become finance. Mm-hmm. Um, others are wanna getting into IT and doing all of these things. And when are you decide you wanna get into the business of tea? Like, really? <laughs> but I mean, it, it goes back to how I asked, um, everyone around this table, do you know who started the brand that you are consuming today? And I think I actually realized as well that I've been consuming tea owned by people I don't know more than anything. Okay. I did not meet any black person and if I take it further, young person who had started their own tea brand. And I think we are quite conscious consumers now. We mm-hmm. really do like to know what it is we're consuming, its origins. So to be able to take it back to tea and be the person who could be one of the pioneers of a young black owned tea product is also quite the motivator. But when you're on one day leader, by the way, she used to be on one day leader. She's oh, a celebrity, really? this lady. Yeah. Shout out to you. Yeah. When you were on one day leader, you were not doing tea. No. Okay. We'll I was come. doing people's hair, yeah. but yes, you can yeah. come back yeah, to we'll that. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Babumbonan. No, good, thanks. Um, do you want to tell us about what you do? Yeah, that's quite simple. You know, what we do is we operate in the townships or we develop township-based interrive entrepreneurs. We make sure that we provide developmental events to them so they are changed perspective and they understand the greater impact of their business, not just on a survival basis, but understand the impact business should have on the economy, on job creation, on opportunities to develop a society. That's what we do. So we do that and we also offer consulting on concept development for all our members so that they are able to turn around their business idea to make it a business, not just an idea. And yeah, I'm glad to be saying the next coming year we'll be bringing more things that are more interesting, collaborative workspace, we'll be bringing buying associations, you know, and we're looking to, if things work out, having a fund where we'll fund 
entrepreneurs sometimes they need money to the go, to go to a meeting sometimes they knew, need a new shirt just to be representable in the meeting we want to fund the processes and the making of entrepreneurs mm. so currently you're competing with bulela <laughs> we are not competing mm. we are best of we, friends we actually work right <laughs> <laughs> we, we we've got the same dream we can't compete if you got the same dream mm. i often say i work in the development space a lot i often say in the development space there's no competition at all because mm. if I am trying to develop entrepreneurship. He's developing entrepreneurship. He has resources. We have resources. We just do this thing bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, so it's it, there's no a sense of competition when we are developing our country. Mm. If everyone could understand that, I think we can go far. If each and every you own business, township business can understand that, mm. that, you know, collaborate even when you are competing. It's oh. that understanding that, you know, Big supermarkets, our friends, they tell each other, you are dropping price this month. You always see these things. This is the only one dropping price this month. The other one are sustaining their price. Next month, they, they changing because mm. they understand how to play around competition. I think that's what we really need in, in business to be able to, to compete very well and develop together. Okay. And, and, and just to cut in, you know, you, <laughs> you know, you know what's the nice thing I realized about collaborating? Mm-hmm. Is that so? When 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 so he invited me at some point to come to ten, mm. and I came. It was a very nice environment, and we had him over as well. But what that built was rapport, and it also built good ties and good relationship to the point where when I had people wanting to book me to something that was called a township entrepreneurs network, mm. I was saying to the promoter or the organizer, no, no, I can't speak there because that's already a trademarked event. Mm. And I think that to a certain degree, that is already protecting each other's IP to a certain point. You understand? Okay. Because you are able to then not just collaborate, but serve each other's interest in the good for growth. Mm. It's one of those, I mean, if I can grow it, then he can, but not, yeah. not you. It, it, it's, it, it's part of the questions that, I, that I'm going to ask, uh, you know, the issue of collaboration. Um, you know, when, when we're now getting into, into questions. So that's why I want to finish with the introduction so that we get to the crux, um, of, of, of discussion. So, uh, quickly, um, twinnings, um, Stella, at some point, dude, you were walking barefoot. Hmm? And, uh, it was raining, you were barefoot, it was cold, you were barefoot, you know, it was hot, you were barefoot. Do you want to quickly tell us about that? Mm-hmm. Yes, Bulelane. My my co-work besides running Township Entrepreneurs Network is ensuring that I develop CSI for individuals and corporate companies. Mm-hmm. So we then with Vuyiswa and the church decided on the 40 days without shoes. It was a campaign solely to raise awareness that there are kids out there who walk barefoot to school almost mm. throughout the year. Okay. And we needed them to have school shoes. Now the best way to send the message for us was to also experience and indicate to the people who probably don't experience that I'd come to Sentin on barefoot to my meeting so that these people at Sentin who hardly see the kids without shoes experience <laughs> that in actual fact. The likes of Bong in these, Sentin. These things are still <laughs> happening. They're still happening. Yeah. And you get uh, people then donating shoes and it was a successful one. Yeah. Hmm. You know, you know what I'm interested in? I mean, w- what was that whole experience like? You know, you're walking, um, now, now, I mean, if you had an extra, if you had four or five people staring at you during the day, I mean, now because you're walking barefoot and you're walking in Santon or wherever, now you've got a hundred, hundreds of people talking about you taking pictures. How was that whole experience? It was life changing. You know, I, I always say it's useless to give a lot, to get involved in a developmental event that does not change life, that has no experience. Mm. You know, Coco asked me, Guti, are you really going to do that? It's going to rain. You're going to be sick. Niti, Coco, just imagine I have a choice to get sick. Some kid out there does not have a choice to get sick. They're just going to get sick because they don't have shoes. Mm. Now, it gave you an insight, a, a stronger perspective. And when you meet these kids and you understand where they're coming from, where they want to go, they have dreams, but the shoes may be the, the hindrance, you know. So uh, uh, it was it was so amazing when you see that by giving someone a pair of shoes, you've actually changed their life. You've given them new hope. You've given them love for life. You know, you've given them reason to live. And ultimately, you've reminded that somebody out there, they may not know them, but they care 
and love them so much. Mm. But Stella, when you've always loved controversy. Stella has always been, you know, the center of of of, of controversy. Last year, you took on the NYDA. Mm. Do you want to quickly update us about that? You know, I, I think it is very crucial uh, that the developmental agencies in South Africa understand who we are as entrepreneurs. Mm. I took them strictly on the basis that you know. You cannot expect entrepreneurs to be masters of administration. You know, I, I wanted to bring in the difference in them between the understanding that entrepreneurs devote time in developing their craft. Mm. You see, I've got a product of a black guy from the township here. He needs to master this more than mastering how he runs his office. Mm. And in case he cannot or does not have interest in the office work, let NYD and other people pay so that these people partner up with professionals who are from school, who are qualified to make sure that they help him move his product. Mm. Because his craft, his expertise is the product. His love is the product. Not punching numbers and writing long proposal <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. You know, yeah. They need to understand the distinction between a business administrator and an entrepreneur. That was my take on them. Hmm. Yeah, okay, let me come to you, my brother, because you see things things are heated up. I, I, yes, I've sir. brought in. Yes, I've, you know, one thing I love about the combination of people today. Uh, it, it's the Bcom people, you know. It's the street hustlers. <laughs> so we we're gonna get into serious debates. So I can't wait. Uh, tell us what you do, Mamba. Okay, I'm um, I'm founder of uh, Newbicom's uh, PTYLTD. Okay, uh, we basically specialize in engineering, mm-hmm. actually electrical engineering. Okay, I studied electrical engineering mm-hmm. college up to N six, and then I thought, you know what. I need to f- to learn more. I went to Valley University of Technology, mm. and then I studied further, though I dropped out. Um, I started a company for electrical installations, and then from there I got a trade test actually, and then so I'm a qualified electrician. Basically. Oh, you give COC? Um, I'm on the process of getting the license. No, get the license <laughs> first, and talk to me. When do you have the license? I don't talk to you before. I outsource. I outsource for for um, a friend of mine does um, help me out issuing out licenses. Is it? Yeah. So oh, okay. You see, Bulelan, I've got I've got street hustler. I've got a uh, varsity. You know. Then I, I <laughs> I've got end college. You see. Fees must fall. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. It's it's already turning out into a very beautiful debate. Actually. Okay, yeah. So maybe, maybe maybe let me get straight to it, um, guys. We 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 living in a country where fifty four percent of young people um, are unemployed. So you guys have taken the initiative of um, starting your own businesses and and being employers. So, but now we're sitting with the fact that these young people are dependent on us for them to create jobs or. The culture out there, according to older people, politicians, businessmen, and whatsoever, they don't have faith in us as young people. They are they they saying we have got a dependency syndrome. We want to be depending on them. We want to be doing whatsoever. What is your take about that? Let me start with you, Mo. Um, I think yeah, you explained the landscape mm-hmm. in South Africa concerning youth unemployment very well. Um, I think it's a difficult one. Right, because I really don't believe that entrepreneurship is something that you throw a, um, throw as a solution for everyone. Okay. I really don't think it's for everyone. However, I do believe that it is going to be one of the contributors to solve youth unemployment, especially when you do know that you have a viable business and the viable business is making money. Um, one of the challenges around that though does speak to education. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't think as a country we are taking education as seriously or as importantly as we should, particularly mm-hmm. in terms of how we can compete globally. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, the education system that we do have in South Africa largely prepares people to go out there and be employed. So how do you then speak to the curriculum um, from all the way to kindergarten, preschool, primary school, as well as high school? It needs to speak towards a culture that does equally develop people to be entrepreneurs. But at the same time, how do you equip people who do believe that they are entrepreneurs and they have businesses that can work? How do you equip them as uh, my brother on the right here spoke around 
the challenges that they currently face because you may find that people don't necessarily have a bad product. It's just that their administration is wrong, mm-hmm. is flawed, and that equally matters. If you speak to investors and you don't know your numbers, they will not invest in what you are doing. Mm. And I think while I do agree with him and while I hear him to a certain extent, you can't completely throw out the other back end that goes into the business. And that is truly understanding the numbers of your business and the administration side of your business, especially if we are to grow businesses that are going to employ other people and not just sustain ourselves. Mm. Uh, we didn't go to school. So, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so the, 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 the culture of education says, uh, or Bonnie says the culture of education needs to be changed. Um, cause obviously we are not prepared, uh, to handle markets globally. We are not prepared, uh, to take on, um, you know, the issue of, of establishing good businesses because we are being prepared. Um, we are actually being prepared to go get a job, um, other than be employed. So old people, but we are dependent uh, on them. In short, we are useless. What do you say? Uh, with all due respect, if you are useless, it would have been their fault. Because, you know, kids become what their parents expose them to. And we must be just, able to understand. Just, I just want to highlight, that's, that's another red flag controversy <laughs> right there, but continue. <laughs> yeah. You know, and one must understand that in order to create a better community, the parents must set the environment right. Mm-hmm. So if we are thinking and we are doing the certain way that they deem us to be useless, it will then be because they created an environment that creates useless people. But let me get to the real, <laughs> to, to the real core thing here. Mm. You see, uh, in order to, to develop a great society, you need to be able to inspire that. You need to be able to resemble that. You know? Okay. Sometimes when I give talks to youngsters in school, I tell them that I'm a former aspiring criminal. Mm. Fortunately, I didn't become the criminal, but that's what the township was making me because all the people I look up to was just there. So in order for us to be able to, to get ahead in business, in, in everything, mm-hmm. we need to be able to be inspired. We need to be able to see these things from our parents. We need to be able to see these things from other people. I mean, I often ask, when somebody was building Sun City, what was my father doing? Mm. But, you know, and today he calls me useless, but he was not building Sun City. If he built Sun City, I'll be far greater than him. Mm. But those are real issues that need to be undertaken. If you, you shoot, you must understand that both sides may be affected and there's a reality in both sides and it will affect both sides. But as far as, you know, the education issue is concerned, I always say, you know, it's very, it's very controversial, you know, when you bring education into entrepreneurship because education is good to run the processes of business, but education cannot create. Mm. Education never creates, you know. So we need a bit of balance. We still need the guy who don't go to school so that they can create the products. Mm-hmm. And we need the guys mm-hmm. who go to school to help them keep the process and make sure that their business is profitable and sustainable. Mm-hmm. No, actually, and I won't force myself to. Um, I hear him. And a lot of it is quite philosophical, idealistic. That's great. Number one, just touching on the parents' side of it. If you look at the kind of country we grew up in, you always need to question why is it that our parents could not achieve ABC. The kind of conditions that they were living in are quite different to the conditions that we are living in today. The apartheid mm. laws that were there really prohibited them um, from even being a part of the ownership um, circle of the land that Sun City occupies. So it's a very layered and I think what I would suggest is always contextualizing um, what we do or else we'll just throw ideas to the table or opinions that aren't really helpful. Again, I think from the education part of it, it's not to say that everyone needs to be educated, but I think how you educate Mm -hmm. yourself really does matter. Are you reading? What kind of materials are you reading? So, I I mean, as you had mentioned, I studied BCom Finance, completely unrelated to tea, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what is it that I do? I need to read more than I used to, and I read a lot on tea. But I equally work with other people who are far more experienced than I am in this industry. So, again, it speaks to us asking ourselves, what kind of businesses do we want to build? Do we just want to build for the sake of being part of the pack that's mm. saying, I'm a founder, I'm a founder of this, I'm a founder of that, and it sounds nice? Or are we building for legacy? And if we build for legacy and if we are going to build to equally complete globally, we do need to acknowledge everything that goes into making a global business work. Mugit. Mm. Yes, sir. Uh, we need to acknowledge, um, you know, and and um, maybe let me ask you this before I actually get to the where was your father when we were building Sunset? <laughs> and are you building Sunset? My father was a busy man, eh? I don't know where he was, mm. <laughs> but um, I, I understand what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like what she said regarding. How our parents grew up The conditions and everything like Okay that. So but then imagine They grew up then The conditions were different Now the conditions are different for us Meaning we are exposed to a lot of things mm-hmm. We can start businesses We can start our own markets Okay So they should start realizing That we do have the knowledge mm-hmm. To continue doing that And to be successful in that Maybe sometimes things we don't understand most people tend to criticize things they don't understand, if I can put it that way. Okay. You understand? So our, our parents, even though they can say we're still dependent on them, but their conditions taught them that you must grow up, learn, work. Mm. We have a totally different, um, how can I put it, a totally different understanding of things. Mm-hmm. You learn, you start your own thing. School, just as Stello said, will never teach you how to start your own business. Currently, um, as much as I do have a business, I'm also working. Mm-hmm. But then I find myself right at work. I have to understand certain processes. Okay. So there, I do short courses here and there, um, especially on pro- um, process management, um, production and process management mm-hmm. and operations. So you do start to learn a trick here and there and then understanding your processes as well. So I think school is important, but it can teach you up to a certain level. For what you are doing, increase your knowledge on that. I'm an electrician. If I want to now start um, maintaining power stations, I have to further myself studying that. Mm. And then my business on that can actually be successful. But then what are you saying? Now, I think, I think for me, um, what I've come to realize, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur now for 11 years. And I think my personal approach is that there's a certain level of street smart that drives your business to a certain level. But up to a certain point, you need to be able to have clear numbers in terms yeah. of what's going on mm-hmm. and a clear understanding. I think I like one of the things that you brought in systems, you know, which is one of the biggest reasons why a lot of businesses die out. There is no replication. The individual is, um, 180% caught up in in, in being a techni- in, in the technician mode Instead of being an entrepreneur They're caught up in technician mode 100% every single day Which is what leads to the death of all businesses So if this individual falls sick The business stops This individual is here on radio The business stops So you're always in crisis mode And I think that we need to change that narrative mm. By you know going to networking events like 10 And engaging with ac- academic individuals And balancing the scale In terms of feeding the right information So that I can carry on with my entrepreneurial duties But with a clear understanding in terms of what is the bottom line. Okay. Uh, Stella, I mean, um, not so long. I mean, there's a township revitalization strategy that was implemented. And I mean, we've seen malls uh, being put up in the township. I mean, how do you think this affects local entrepreneurs and their businesses? Yo, that's very close to home. I know. But, yeah, one, the good thing about the malls being in the township, they give us easy and made us not to even go research that there's a validity that there's a market that is existing. So one good thing we pick up is that if all these malls are succeeding, they're planning phase two, phase three, that means there's a greater market. They help us in a way to pretty much convince the investor that there's money there in the township. But the sad part is some of the businesses died off just when the mall launches. And they died off because they didn't have innovation or solutions, you know. Mm-hmm. In our researchers, Township Entrepreneurs Network, 
we found out that over 80% of business that operate in the township operate without an innovation or solution. They just get in an industry and do what everybody does. And that's why they are easy to die off. But they die off irregardlessly. And I don't think malls are so much wrong. I think if there could be more collaboration. Mm. I mean, I cry when I see only our brothers and sisters being the street vendors just outside the mall and none of them have the shop inside. Mm. Because the the person selling or fixing the phones outside on the stall and the person fixing the phones there, that one or triples or several times makes the profit this one makes. And it only takes a, a, a time where we engage with all the stakeholders to say, you are coming here, you're making money here. How do we collaborate? How do you then take responsibility? And not just giving people free peas and stuff like that. It's in, We have had enough of that in the township. Mm. We want you to come say, I want to give, but I want to give impactful. I want to make sure that two or three businesses from the area, after qualifying through the process you'll create, can get a a shop in the mall and run their business and we can tell if people don't buy then we'll say people don't buy from township business but if they're given sufficient opportunities like any other shop in the mall mm-hmm. I think these businesses can strive even in that setup. Point in case I want to jump in mm. point in case when they built Mall, mall of Africa mm-hmm. there wasn't even one store that was owned by a South African company or a South African entrepreneur not even one. Hmm. And I mean, I think that from a township market perspective, I think that to a certain degree, um, the chambers and the council, whatever staff organizations that were there back then failed us. And I personally feel from my stance, they failed us from a paycheck perspective because a large corporate wanted to come into the township. There was no inclusive involvement with people that were running stores in the township. They give you a million rand. You keep quiet when you were the loudest one in the room. You then compromise the immediate economy because back in the day, I'd go to the store. It was the biggest. They were living in four, five story houses. Mm. We're driving beautiful cars. Yeah. Why? Because back then you were able to own a supermarket in the township and make and not just a sustainable sustainable living but make a great great living for yourself and i think that we need to go back and pick and pays your shop rights there needs to a level there needs to be a great level of inclusivity when it comes to them pos- positioning or rather placing their mm. shops at us so my stance is if bob Gumete was one of the mm. biggest uh, shopping centers in the township we need to make sure that when pick and pay comes into the township they give bob Gumete 51 percent or 50 percent of that store because there is no there is no inclusive growth without that. Bob Kometa cannot cannot now have his shop shut down and he now shops where he was not before the seller. Mm. You know, it, it is a chain that kills to a certain degree. I mean oh, Bob when you look at the value chain from some of the burger franchises, they don't just sell burgers and franchises, they own the farms. They are creating and producing their own lettuces. They've got shares in companies in confectionaries. So you find that the gravity to which they are making money is of an epic proportion. So we need to have inclusive play. Where I work from right now in Timbisa, a new engine garage has just been built up. It is white owned. There's a Debonairs, there's a Steers. None of that money is going to a black individual. And there needs to, there, there needed to be an inclusive growth. And my, my kind of understanding in terms of in, economic development and growth is that you do not just say that 30% of the construction must go to youth owned or the community or whatever, but 30% of the actual garage must also go to local entrepreneurs, mm. four or five of them in the, in, in the vicinity that have been identified by the local municipality or the wards or whatever the case is, because we need to then make sure that we show the conversation changed when it started as radical economic transformation and then some top politicians started to now mint it down because their postcodes started to become itchy and then they started talking about inclusive this and inclusive that. No, it is a radical economic transformation because there, it is twice as hard for me to bid for work than it is for my white counterpart. It's a fact. Mm. It's a fact. And there are jobs I will never get. It's a fact. You understand me? That is why I need to now fight that my son, who is now a year old, needs to get the opportunities that I never got. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they're speaking inclusivity. He's preaching. So, 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 so now I'm asking you, Mam Khatib, where are female entrepreneurs? We don't have female entrepreneurs. There's a very small number of them. 
We do, and yes, and so. and and in the inclusivity that 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 um, she is talking about, female entrepreneurs are not there. Um, young um, female entrepreneurs are not there. Black female entrepreneurs are not there. So, how are you guys part of this inclusive movement? So, I will go and say that they are there. Um, in fact, over the past two years, the number of businesses, and I'll speak from an online perspective that I've seen um, really come up, has been owned by especially young black women. There's Corium, which is in the beauty industry. Recently, over the past week, there's Mo's uh, Chili Sauce. She launched that. So to say completely that they are not there, I think I'd be doing a disservice. Um, to, to the female entrepreneurs that are out there. However, I will say that the numbers are still quite small. Um, it, and it does, I guess, speak to everything that, uh, Bulani was speaking mm-hmm. to is unfortunately when you are female, that means you are at the bottom of the food chain for everything and you'll be the last one to get considered for everything. And that then just speaks to how do we create our own deliberate and intentional communities um, within this entrepreneurship space. So in as much as you've got your brown sense markets, mm-hmm. which I think are quite incredible, how do young women-owned businesses actually come together and equally create um, their own markets? And that just strengthens from a visibility perspective. It will strengthen the numbers in terms of how we lobby. It will strengthen the numbers in terms of making sure that at every decision-making table, there is a representation from um, young female-owned businesses. So um, it, it's just around how do we organize? And, and that's really just been the challenge that mm-hmm. we have because what Bulani is speaking to really we are in a country unfortunately that is very pockets related you know um, everything is is a pocket conversation where's the pocket where's the money how are you doing it and one thing that we have inherited um, especially from a black entrepreneurship perspective is the elders that came before us who mm-hmm. have done really well who are Millionaires and billionaires in their fields, mm. um, their kind of entrepreneurship was very transactional. Theirs was based on, I am going to be the black partner in this 30% stake here, 20% stake there. It wasn't as innovative as we are today, where we young entrepreneurs today are literally starting things from scratch. So that also equally becomes the challenge that where mentorship is now concerned in this conversation, when you go to the elderly people and you seek their mentorship, their guidance, their investments, they don't really believe in you because for them, why, why must you start a new brand of water? You know, that's not the kind of entrepreneurship that they were engaged in. So we are literally equally being a generation that is challenging so much, not just from um, the economic transformation that we're talking about, mm-hmm. but equally from an ownership perspective, our level of inventions, um, and our level of um, doing business engagements has just really changed. And I think if we can organize very well with a clear mission on what is it that we want to achieve, if the goal is to achieve radical economic transformation, I think it will be addressed through how we organize today. If it means we need to educate ourselves more, we're going to do that. If it means we need to collaborate more, that's exactly what we're going to do. So but while 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 you're organizing, um, mm-hmm. right now we uh, there's a video that I released um, mm-hmm. where I was speaking about um, the B transaction, where mm-hmm. you know there's fa- fake female transformation structures that have been put in, mm-hmm. um, you know, as if the companies have women ownership and they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, you'd find it's a tea lady or it's a cleaning lady and things like that. What's your opinion about that? I think that equally happened with the black economic transformation where Spusiso's name was just put on there as well just for the documents to look well. Again, it speaks to who is around the decision-making table. Um, and until we equally have representation there, that is deliberate and intentional. It's not going to solve whoever it is that's just dishing out 
uh, the tenders that you speak of or the quotas that are in place. Mukete and Tuning Bongi is 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 speaking at uh, levels. Mm. Um, you know, and, 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 um, so now what, one thing that I want to ask you, you are in a difficult and complicated industry that is very wide dominant. Um, right now you can do electrically in people's houses, but I don't know if you'd be given to do electrical in a, in a, in a, in a estate type of environment, in a mall type of environment, in commercial offices kind of environment. Where do you think we are being um, ex, uh, as a young person, um, you know, in regards to 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 your industry and and industries in general, do you think are we being included? Um, do you think which level are we being managed? Um, to to be all given opportunities at. Um, yo, especially in the field I'm in, there isn't much inclusion. Okay, you know, there's if you're not given a tender. That's it. Um, you have to rely on actually getting yourself out there, you know, pushing yourself, saying, t- I mean, putting yourself out there in terms of getting people to know you and, you know, believing in your, um, in your capabilities as well. Cause, um, I do have a mentor. He's been in the electrical, um, business for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, he does get good jobs. He's black. Um, been there for a while. But in terms of the inclusion from the other races, giving business to to him was was very difficult. He had to get himself out there and he had to, you know, get these guys to trust him that he's capable of doing the job. Our biggest challenge is that most of these people who are supposed to give business, they discredit you just because, I don't want to say skin color or anything, but mm-hmm. they don't trust your experience that you'll be capable of doing such a job. Mm. So, my, 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 I mean, maybe you you just spoke of experience. They don't trust. Ne? The issue of trust, I realize, is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, uh, I was saying to someone that I've realized now having transitioned from doing business with government, I've realized government would more likely take a chance with me than private sector would, you know. And but now reality is, it's interesting how all these jobs, all these companies, even if it's a white company that gets the work, it's a black man that does the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how, why why is it an issue of trust um you know um so important or so critical and right now as well you take a black man you want to give him an opportunity they fail you you know then you hear there's a statement you know so <laughs> so I don't know how to translate that but <laughs> so but uh, but now I mean it's a question of um for other people gotta for them to actually do things at the quality that is expected or at the level that is expected. Somehow true, but let me focus on this view that, you know, as black entrepreneurs, as township entrepreneurs, we do not want things for free. And I repeat, we do not want things for free. And I constantly tell our members that if you want service from somebody, we're not going to say they must support you. They must buy from you. The distinction in the two is that when they buy from you, they buy things in the desired state of what they want, how they want, how they prefer it, on the right price that they prefer, as as opposed to only supporting you when they buy just because they buy. But we want to work for things, and it is important to build consistency. Trust does not happen, Jay. Trust is end. If you keep on building consistency, you, you'll see amazing things. You'll see magic happening. You'll see doors opening without you knocking. Because when you keep up consistency, mm-hmm. you see things happening and you see people who've been watching you and questioning you start believing in you because you need that guy to say, no, you're not qualified and let him watch you getting qualified and better experience and you'll get the contract from him because he'll, he'll notice the, the changes and the development. I think that is very critical that one must allow time to give him that opportunity to develop mm-hmm. and, and end that trust. Okay, maybe quickly, guys. Um, I'm running out of time now. One thing that I, I am that surprises me: we're seeing young people. We right now sitting obviously in with high unemployment rate, but you see young people every township that you go. They're sitting at the corners playing matais. They're sitting at the corner winding the machita. They doing all of this. What's wrong with this? Less opportunities. 
I think we need more and more opportunities in the township where people are. Opportunities most of the time are really scattered and are put far away from the accessibility of people. And if we can bring opportunities centered around wherever there's people and they have activity, I think they won't have time to play the dice. That's it. Uh, Bongi, you, 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 you've been traveling. You've been doing things globally. Do you think it's true that we don't have more uh, opportunities? Um, opportunities, what will they do with those opportunities? Yes, we could use more opportunities, but I think the conditions in townships as well sometimes don't make it conducive for these opportunities to really be sustainable. So for me, it's truly addressing the socioeconomic issues that are in each and every community. A lot of it is poverty. Um, we must be intentional around how are we getting people out of poverty? How are we getting people into school? How are we getting people to take jobs seriously? How do we get people to understand even the responsibilities that come with all these opportunities that we speak about? So, um, it's a lot of work that mm. just needs to go into it. Okay. Um, Mukete, quickly for people that want to get hold of you, where can they get hold of you? Um, they can call me straight to my cell phone number zero seven two triple five eight four five three. Oh, okay. Um, Bungi, people that want to order tea and see some of the work that you do and come want to see the office space, um, where can they get hold of you? So physically, you could find me at Open Santon. It's right opposite the Hau Chain on West Street. Um, and that uh, I'd be more than happy to help any entrepreneur that's looking for a place to work at and have a very nice Santon business address. Apart from that, with the tea, you can find me on www.tasteoflegends.co.za or find me on Instagram as well as Twitter at bongizethadebe. So the shared office space that you spoke about, is it for free? Do they pay? You do get to pay, but more than happy to have you start out for the day, see how it goes. But the idea around that is if you are an entrepreneur, you're making money. And if you're making money, you can pay your rent. Hmm. <laughs> Stella, uh, you've got my main goodies there. Um, what's happening quickly? All of these are just, I thought I should bring some of the township products that we have. And mm-hmm. I've been treating a lot of them that to show that this is a true state of township entrepreneurship. You know, things are happening there. No, oh, okay. No, it's fine. We will retweet. So for people that want to get hold of you, can they get hold of you? They can get hold of me on Facebook, Twitter, I'm Skalola Kimbonane. On Instagram, I'm, I'm Skalola Kimbonane. Mm. On LinkedIn, Skalola Kimbonane. My email is skalola10business.co.za, number 0814682425. No, definitely. Uh, thank you guys for coming. Uh, we're going to be bringing you back. We're still going to have this conversation. It's not over. Sharp, sharp. Yeah. I want us to talk. I want, I want the next show to be about... The Santon address. The, 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 the Santon address. Because <laughs> I got an issue personally. You know about the Santon address. To demystify the Santon address. I think that's a captivating title. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's fine. I like it. We'll, 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 we'll definitely cook Access. it. Yeah, no, we'll definitely cook it. Um, this is all that we had for you today. Catch us again next time for another exciting installment of 360 Base. My name is Deborah Homer 40 and Bulalani Balabala. We out. This is cliffcentral.com.